You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. This is Sister Lavina Francis Pamet. I'm a Franciscan Sister of the Sacred Heart uh, from Frankfurt, Illinois. I'm the coordinator for religious services and uh, religious vocation ministries and the Office for Religious here in the Archdiocese of Chicago. And today uh, we're actually taping due to the uh, pandemic on May 1st, Friday, May 1st the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker, and it's a very special day. Not only is it the first Friday of the month, which is very significant for Catholics, we are also uh, celebrating the fact that the um, United States bishops and the Canadian bishops are all rededicating the nation to the uh, jurisdiction of Our Lady, Our Mother, and May is a special month dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And being the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker, we are also celebrating and uh, celebrating and um, remembering that we have religious brothers. We always constantly hear about religious sisters as well as priests, religious priests and diocesan priests, but normally people do not hear about brothers. So guess what? We have two very special people as our guests. They are on the phone right now. They are Viatorians. Um, the first one is a Kava member, Brother John Eustace, and uh, the other uh, brother that he kind of snagged as another guest is uh, Brother Peter Lamick. And uh, let me see if uh, they're on the phone right now. Brother John and Brother Peter, are you there? Yeah. Yep, we are here. Good morning. Thank you so much for uh, uh, dedicating this time with us. Uh, Being at home, I'm at the studio right now, and our sound engineer is uh, our very own Jim Dish, who uh, comes in uh, faithfully with his team here um, at Quigley, where we have our studio, and also to tape our uh, mass and um, they have done so much for uh, for the community, for the archdiocese, and I believe that there are thousands of people that uh, come on, and and so it, it's really not just the archdiocese that uh, their ministry has touched. So thank you, Jim, and your, your team. So um, Brother John and Brother Peter, um, tell me about yourselves. Um, you're Viatorians, and that's sort of like your nickname. So tell me, tell me about, and you can, you know, maybe, maybe John can uh, uh, come on first and introduce yourselves, and then maybe Brother Peter next. Sure. So yeah, I'm Brother John Eustace, and uh, I'm part of the Clerics of St. Viator, so our official suffix is CSV, Clerics of St. Viator. 
And uh, that name comes from our founding way back in 1831 in rural France near Lyon. Our founder, Venerable Louis Curbs, started the community. Uh, but So our official name is Clerics of St. Viator. However, we prefer to be known as the Viatorians. Um, and uh, so that's, that's what we're known as, and a lot of our institutions bear the same name of St. Viator. Right. And uh, just to clarify, uh, I know that the uh, Christian brothers um, of, of whom we, we have had a guest in the past, um, there are communities of, um, of religious men who are uh, brothers, but Viatorians are uh, other, like other communities that are a combination, correct? So you are a combination of both brothers and also you have ordained uh, religious priests. Yes, that is correct. And to become a Viatorian first, it's not so much, oh, do you want to go on the brother's track or the priest track? When, uh, when a man joins uh, the pre-novitiate, novitiate, and all of that, they are looking at how do I best become a Viatorian? And then the, the particular ministries that are available to us are what we choose. And one of those happens to be uh, ordained ministry, um, but certainly from the beginning we don't have to choose which way we're going to go. And I think that is why uh, you are close to our heart as sisters, because as sisters uh, in, in our church right now, since we don't have that option for priest track, and so when we come in, as part of our vocation, uh, whether we, um, you know, we get married or stay single or, um, or, or serve in, in, in other capacities, as sisters, we uh, enter a community, we join, we have our initial formation, and then we go through the different phases, you know, uh, candidate, uh, novitiate, and then um, then we go to this, what we call uh, junior vows or, or temporary vows, and then either final vows or perpetual um, vows, as we call it. So with you, you pretty much have a similar um, formation, is that correct? Correct. Maybe uh, Brother Peter could answer a little bit on that, too. Hi, Brother Peter. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Oh, a pleasure. Um, I grew up with the Viatorians and went to St. Peter High School in Arlington Heights, and which is in the northwest suburbs of Chicago. And they were my teachers and my uh, athletic coaches. And I think that's where really my vocation to the Viatorian started. And uh, today, actually, that's where I minister. Um, so I made my perpetual commitment to the Viatorians last summer. And um, I've been ministering at St. Peter High School um, as a football coach, basketball coach. Um, I'm actually the bass hosting coach. And... Um, I'm a teacher with our students in our special ed program. That's great. So, wait, did you say just uh, past summer? So how long did it take you um, to get through that initial formation until your, your perpetual vows? Yeah, so uh, our pre-novitiate program is a year. And for our program, I actually moved to um, four different Viatorian apostolates throughout the year. So I lived in community, and I did a number of different ministries. So everything from youth ministry in a parish to working in campus ministry in, in a high school. 
and uh, actually doing some volunteer work with asylum seekers in Chicago with one of our brothers. So I did kind of got exposed to a lot of different ministries and seeing different ways the Vicarian terrorism was kind of coming alive. Wow. And after my free novitiate, I started the novitiate, mm-hmm. which was a year. And after the novitiate, I made my uh, temporary vows for three years. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of those three years, um, last summer, I made my perpetual commitment. So at the end of three years, you have the opportunity to renew the temporary vows mm-hmm. for another three years mm-hmm. or to apply for perpetual commitment. Mm-hmm. So, so did you um, did you decide to after three years do the uh, perpetual or? Yes. Ah, uh, okay. So it took you like what, like five years in total? Yeah, so a total of five uh-huh. years. You know, it took me seven years before my uh, perpetual. Our novitiate is two years, and then after three years, I could have had my final vows, but I got too busy and I forgot. And um, I had two other uh, classmates, and none of us remembered that. You know, we could have asked. Uh, bef- you know, because usually after the, the second year, we would have asked for, um, you know, like a year of discernment. <laughs> we got so mm. busy in our ministries, we forgot. So uh, we were not on the fast track. But we laugh about it. But, you know, it, that, that's how the Holy Spirit works. So the, the point is, this life that we lead, it's not, oh, you come knock on the door and then voila, you're a brother or a sister or, uh, you know, of course, people know that you kind of uh, go through another uh, track for uh, to be ordained. But this is not something that you come in and then, you know, you're you're all of a sudden a religious. It, it does take the living of the community, which is great. And you've mentioned some of your um, your your ministries right now. Well, what about you, Brother John? Um, you're a very important part of Kava. You know, I'm just letting people know because you're part of our communications team, and yet you wear other hats. So tell me about that a little bit. Okay, yeah, I, I do have several hats, actually. Um, so I serve as the Director of Vocation Ministry for the Viatorians, and that's for all of the United States. We're not that big of a community, though. We're basically in Illinois and uh, Nevada, Las Vegas area. Mm. And uh, so vocation direction is part of what I do. Another role that I have is I'm the vice president of Viatorian Identity and Mission at St. Viator High School in Arlington Heights, Illinois. And basically what that is, um, I'm kind of like the figurehead of uh, the Viatorian Mission uh, alive at the school and helping uh, the pastoral response or the pastoral arm of the school uh, something that distinguishes us from, let's say, a public school, uh, help that come alive. So uh, adult faith formation, campus ministry, um, pastoral responses with kids and what's going on in their lives, uh, a lot of that falls under uh, what I keep an eye out for. Also faith expression and, and all of those things. I sure see that. And later on, probably on the second part of our show, we'll talk more a little bit more about your work on uh, social media, but uh, yep, I I can testify that I I do see that mark of um, you know the mission uh, for Viatorians um, that you represent. Um, tell me more about um, what the Viatorians. I know um, the religious are not founded specifically um, necessarily for uh, a particular 
uh, ministry, but more like mission and charism. So can you tell me a little bit more about that, uh, or you or Brother Peter? Maybe this could be a, a test, Brother Peter, after uh, having spent with the Viatorian yeah, we several years. <laughs> tell us about, you know, either one of you, really. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> mission or charism for the Viatorians? So not, Do you want not, me to get yeah. started, John? Yeah, go <laughs> ahead, Peter. Um, well, we talk about our mission, um, two things, to proclaim Jesus Christ and his gospel and to raise up communities where faith is lived deep and celebrated. And that takes on a number of different expressions today. Um, we have Viatorians who work with uh, immigrant asylum seekers um, at our Viatorian House of Hospitality which is for young male asylum seekers. Uh, we have uh, priests who work in parishes, um, uh, brothers and priests who teach. So, uh, like you said, it, th we have a number of different ministries, um, but one mission. Yeah, and part of that mission that, that's there, so we are proclaiming Jesus Christ and his gospel, raising up communities where faith is lived, deepened, and celebrated, and particularly uh, the people who are the targets, if I can say that word, target is not good, uh, the people who we are seeking out are uh, young people and people who are considered marginalized by, by society. So that's why you find us a lot of times in, in school settings or with robust uh, youth ministry or religious education uh, programs in parishes or helping out young adult men between the ages of 18 and 22 who are seeking asylum, um, helping out those who are considered of little importance. Like right here in the archdiocese, the Viatorians helped uh, fund a local uh, group called Journeys the Road Home, who runs these pad shelters. We help with seed money to house people during the pandemic in two hotels, and then a bunch of other people helped with that. So um, the concern for those who are considered of little importance by a lot of people, uh, that's who we're focusing on, and, and young people. That's wonderful. That's wonderful here. I really would like to continue a little bit more, but why don't we take a bit, and then when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about that, okay? Sounds good. When I listen to my heart, I can hear you whisper, asking me lovingly to come and follow you. Here I am. Did I hear you call my name? Here I am. this pandemic, Catholic Charities continues to develop the most effective ways possible to respond to the needs of our clients and communities. In the past month, our call center has received 250 calls a day for emergency services. More than 450 seniors are being visited by home care aides who help them with housekeeping, groceries, and personal care. 
Mental health services are being provided to more than 600 people via phone and video. Our friendly, knowledgeable staff is working nonstop, so we are always ready for whoever might reach out to us next. If we can be of assistance to you, email us at gethelp at catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7700. That's gethelp at catholiccharities.net. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here for you. We invite you to watch Catholic Chicago this weekend, featuring a conversation with Cardinal Blaise Supich and video highlights from across the archdiocese. Here's host Todd Williamson. We'll talk with Cardinal Blaise Supich about how the COVID-19 epidemic is affecting just about every aspect of life in America, including how we worship. We'll talk about attending Mass online and how the church continues to reach out to help those in need. We'll also bring you stories about using modern technology to teach fire safety to our children and when losing your hair can be a good thing for others. Watch Catholic Chicago Friday at 7 p.m. on Chicago Loop Cable Channel 25 and Sunday afternoon at 3 on the Comcast Network Channel 100. back to Dare to Love show. This is Sister Lavina Francis Pamet, um, a Franciscan sister of the Sacred Heart Art of Frankfurt, Illinois, with guests Brother John Eustace and Brother Peter Lamick. Lamick? I'm sorry, I forgot to ask Brother Peter how to pronounce that one. However, these two are special guests today because of the celebration of the Religious Brothers Day during this feast of St. Joseph the Worker. So, Brother Peter, is that Lamech, Lamech? Uh, Lamech. Okay, Lamech. All right, got it. I got it the second time around, I think. And also, I really was intrigued about the mention of your different ministries, especially, um, I think, it, it, it was said with all these other stuff, but uh, Brother John if, or Brother Peter, if you can uh, please continue with especially that one um, that you are doing for the young men, those who are aging out of those detention centers. If you could um, talk to us about that a little bit more. Yeah, just a little history of that. Several years ago, there was an interfaith, uh, the Interfaith Committee for Detained Immigrants got together, of which the Viatorians are a part. Brother Michael Gosh, who uh, is basically spearheading all of this, uh, was involved with it, opened up a house of hospitality down in Cicero, uh, in, a, in an old convent there uh, for men who were seeking asylum. And what was happening is that house was filling up, and young men were aging, or young people were aging out of shelters for uh, minors. And we realized there was a hole in uh, providing a space for them to live. So uh, Brother Michael approached the Viatorian community and the leadership and said, we need to open up a house specifically for those who are leaving asylum uh, or leaving uh, detention. Uh, what happens in a youth shelter is when they leave, they go automatically to like a county jail and they're handcuffed and, and sent there and wait for their asylum case to be heard. So uh, he and another Viatorian proposed that we open up the Viator House of Hospitality and our whole leadership team said absolutely, and we put money for forward and uh, got a whole bunch of uh, our benefactors to join us on that. And for the last three years, we've had the Viator House of Hospitality located in the northwest suburbs. 
And uh, so Brother Peter has been involved with them quite a bit. He could talk a little bit more about what happens there. Right. That also, um, so Brother Peter, uh, how has that been for you? Because uh, working with these young men, they're just coming in as minors. And then at like around midnight, as soon as they turn um, of legal age 18, and 18, just because you're 18 doesn't mean that all of a sudden you know what to do with your life, especially, uh, you know, being in foreign soil and not, you know, without being family and, and things like that. So how has that been? How has this um, um, bearing fruit for the community and for these young men? When I was a pre-novice, um, like I said, it was this was the first time I was exposed to um, that ministry, the first time I ever learned what an asylum seeker, um, what that kind of status is. Um, and Brother Michael Gosh, who was my English teacher in high school, um, kind of brought me along and kind of showed me what this ministry was. And he had been working in the ministry for a few years with the Interfaith Committee for Detained Immigrants. And it was an, it was an absolute eye-opening experience. Um, I was meeting people from all around the world who had so many different stories. And it was really the stories and their faces that really um, have stayed with me. Um, and it's been amazing to see uh, Brother Michael's work, um, to see the Viatorian terrorism kind of bring, its, bring our own kind of gifts to that ministry, and to see uh, within a really short time the community get behind Brother Michael and to provide the resources and support so we can start uh, a ministry really for, uh, like like Brother John said, for young male asylum seekers um, from 18 to, you know, early 20s. Um, I continue to volunteer there. Um, it's not my main ministry, uh, but I continue to try to uh, go over there and be a presence. Um, sometimes it's helping uh, some of the men with uh, job applications or learning how to drive. Um, it's a lot of ministry of presence and listening. And it's just amazing to see uh, how much faith they have and to see really how much it's giving life to um, all the volunteers and all the people who have have really responded to try to support them in starting a new life here in the United States. That's right. And I, I can really tell from what you're saying that really, you know, sometimes when we are helping or spearheading um, a, an organization or a service or a ministry that uh, serves uh, the most vulnerable and those who um, just need a little bit of help, that somehow we are the ones that are like the saviors and, you know, um, spearheading the redemption. But what it is, is really, these are the people who are blessing us. And from, from what you're saying, the volunteers are, their lives are the ones who are 
touched most by doing this service for our brothers. And now w- the other thing that's happening is it has uh, it, it also bears fruit in that uh, Brother Michael approached the Benedictines first and eventually um, the Benedictine sisters who in, in Chicago and then eventually that rippled out into another, it, it gave birth to another ministry of helping young women who are aging out of that system which is wonderful. And uh, in, in past shows, we have also talked about that um, um, some more. Uh, Father Greg in um, another show um, I know has had uh, Sister Pat and uh, Brother Michael uh, come in uh, about that. So uh, I'm pretty sure we can, we can talk more about that. And, um, and Brother John, would, uh, would you be willing to be the, uh, the person if, if people have more questions? Uh, I'm about to ask you a little bit more about your vocation ministry a little bit, maybe for a couple minutes because we haven't even talked about social media. And we probably have about four minutes left in the show. It just goes so fast. So tell me first um, about your social media, uh, how... Um, uh, young men who are who is they're interested in, in in discerning their vocation or even just to say you know what is this that I'm feeling um, can can you talk more about that yeah so Viatorian vocation ministry first of all because we work with young people across all uh, different uh, socioeconomic backgrounds also uh, young men and women uh, vocation ministry is geared towards uh, walking with young people, accompanying them as they're discerning where God's invitation is in their life. So on our social media, which can be followed at uh, on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, um, our, our handle is at Viatorian USA. So that's at V-I-A-T-O-R-I-A-N USA. Uh, same handle for all three. Mm-hmm. Um, what we post is basically a universal call for um, people to investigate where God is inviting them. And then through that, if a young man feels called to or, in, or intrigued by our Viatorian religious life, then certainly uh, there's resources there. Uh, but our strategy is to know that every single person has an invitation from God, and then hopefully some people recognize that the work we do or the charism that we have uh, fits their personality, and maybe God's inviting them uh, to, to be part of what we do. And that is really a wonderful way of ministering to young people and other people who may not be as young, but still discerning God's call to them. Uh, the other thing, too, is that you are doing, uh, you know, as, as Viatorians in the community during the pandemic, you have been busy lately uh, trying to help out the community. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, both Peter and I this morning just came back from the two hotels where people are being housed, homeless people are being housed, and uh, we help deliver meals that other churches provide. So we put our masks on, we put our gloves on, and we uh, we deliver all those meals to about 100 different people. Uh, we do that a few times a week. Mm-hmm. And in a way, you know, with the social distancing and things like that, we also try to be safe, but really... Any, any time that you go out there, there is a risk, you know, uh, either you, because we don't know what's going on with this virus. There's so many other things to learn. And so I hope um, all of you um, are keeping safe. I'm, I'm trying to do that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, too, that I, I wanted to find out mm-hmm. is with you, Brother John, 
you are also an example of continuing vocation. So maybe in one minute, and then oh, I'm going to ask you to do a closing prayer before sure. we go. So can you just tell me, um, you know, in a few sentences, uh, in terms of your own vocation and how, um, as Viatorian, that continues, and then maybe um, as, as like a wise or uh, something uh, a kernel of wisdom for people who are discerning their vocation, if if you would. Yeah, so uh, a continuing vocation. When I, uh, it's over 10, 12 years ago now, I think, that I requested perpetual vows. Uh, when, I, when I requested that, I noticed all the growth spiritually and communally that was happening in me, and I said, well, if this is part of being Viatorian to grow continually, then I want to be a part of it. Uh, for the rest of my life. So that's the way I look at it. I respond as if, um, you know, God's invitation is there every single time. And uh, my life as a Viatorian for the past 15 years, I think, is leading me towards uh, perhaps ordained life. So so you continue um, to, you continue that. Okay. Yep. We don't have a lot of time, but I did ask Brother John to lead us in a closing prayer. Uh, we uh, continue to pray for all religious brothers and for you both. Thank you so much for being here on the show. All right. So yeah, let us begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and loving God, through the generations, you called numerous men to adore and love Jesus as religious brothers. Embolden the minds and hearts of young men today to act upon your invitation to the vowed life. Inspire parents, mentors, friends, and all members of all communities to, the be, to be that voice of invitation. I ask this through Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless. Thank you. Teamwork. It's a word that inspires individuals and groups of people to achieve important goals. And in recent weeks, teamwork has been essential to our food and nutrition services at Catholic Charities. Careful allocation of food supplies has allowed all nine of our food pantries to serve twice the number of guests they usually see. A detailed coordination of staff and resources has ensured that our WIC centers remain open for families with children under five years old. Despite social distancing, our volunteers and restaurant partners have continued to make to-go meals possible for the hungry and the homeless who come to 721 North LaSalle and our suburban locations. And our creative employees have worked with food vendors and neighbors to make sure homebound seniors and the disabled still have meals delivered to them. Our team members recognize how serious food insecurity can be. Please join us in our mission. Visit www.catholiccharities.net. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM 
The Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Catholic Chicago.